Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 40 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Motives to Uprightness Now, to induce you to love uprightness and to labor after it, Consider the good which accompanies uprightness. First, temporal and outward, but secondly and chiefly, that which is spiritual and eternal. First, uprightness has the promise of this life. First Timothy 4 8. It is a means to keep off judgments. Psalm 91, 9, 10, 14, or in due time to remove them. If affliction, like a dark night, overspread the upright for their correction and trial for a time, yet light is sown for them and in due time will arise unto them. Psalm 34, 9, and 10. Moreover, This uprightness does not only provide well for a person's self, but if anything can procure a blessing to his children and his children's children, uprightness will. Proverbs 27. The Holy Ghost saith, The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Psalm 112, 2. Secondly, The spiritual blessings which belong to the upright are manifold. Number one, the upright man is God's favorite, even his delight. Proverbs 11, 20. Number two, he is hereby assured of his salvation. Psalm 15, 1 and 2. For although an upright man fall into many grievous sins, yet presumptuous sins, Psalm 19.13, shall not reign over him. He shall be kept from the great transgression. He shall never sin the sin unto death. Yea, he shall be kept from the dominion of every sin. Number three, By uprightness, a man is strengthened in the inward man, it being that girdle which buckles and holds together the chief parts of the Christian armor, Ephesians 6, 14. Nay, it is that which gives efficacy to every piece of that armor. It strengthens the back and loins, yea, the very heart of him that is begirt with it. Number four, he that is upright is sure to have his prayers heard, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, and to be made able to profit by the word of God and by all his holy ordinances. 
Do not my words, saith God, do good to him that walks uprightly? Micah 2, 7. Number five. The upright man's services to God in prayer, hearing, receiving sacraments, etc., though performed with much weakness and imperfections, shall, through Christ, be accepted of God. Second Chronicles 30, 18 through 20. Nay, where there is not power, the will of the upright man is taken for the deed. 2 Corinthians 8.12 And where there is power and deed, both, even there, the uprightness and readiness of the will is taken for more than the deed. According to that commendation of them who were said, not only to do, but to be willing, a year ago, 2 Corinthians 8.10 For many may do good things, who yet do them not with an upright will and ready mind. Number six, the upright man has always matter of boldness before men. He can make an apology and defense for himself against the slanders of wicked men, and against the accusations of Satan, Acts twenty three eleven, twenty four fourteen through sixteen, who are ready, upon every slight occasion, to reproach him as a hypocrite and say that all which he does is but in hypocrisy, but he can give all the lie who charge him with dissimulation or hypocrisy. He knows more of his hypocrisy than they can tell him. He finds fault with and accuses himself for it more than they can do. Yet this he can say. He allows it not. He hates it. And his heart is upright towards God. He cares not, though his adversary write a book against him. Job 31, 35 and 36. 19, 23-25. He has his defense. If men will receive it, they may. If not, he dares to appeal to heaven. For his record is on high. He has always a witness both within him and in heaven for him. Job sixteen nineteen, Second Corinthians 1, 12. Number seven, uprightness is an excellent preventer and cure of despair arising from accusations of conscience, even of a wounded spirit, of which Solomon saith, who can bear it? For either it keeps it off, Job 27, 5, 6, or if it be wounded, This uprightness in believing and in willingness to reform and obey is a most sovereign means to cure and quiet it, or at least will allay the extremity of it. Not but an upright man 
may have trouble of mind, and that to some extremity, but he may thank himself for it, because he will not see and acknowledge that uprightness which he has, and does not properly apply it or cherish it, which, if he would do, there is nothing next to the precious blood of Jesus Christ, would answer the charges of his accusing conscience or bring feeling comfort to his soul sooner or better. Number eight, the upright man has a holy boldness with God. When Abimelech could say, in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this, Genesis 20, He had boldness to expostulate and reason his case with God. An upright man in his sickness or in any other calamity, yea, at all times, when he needs God's help, can be bold to come before God, notwithstanding his sin that remains in him, his original sin and his many actual transgressions. So did Hezekiah upon his deathbed, as he thought, saying, Remember, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, and have done good in thy sight. Isaiah 38, 3. So did Nehemiah, saying, Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. Nehemiah 8, 22. This uprightness gives boldness with God, but without all presumption of merit, as you see in good Nehemiah. Number nine. Lastly, whatsoever the upright man's beginning was, and whatsoever his changes have been in the times that have gone over him, both in the outward and inward man, in his progress of Christianity. Mark this, his end shall be peace. Psalm 37, 37. The last and everlasting part which he shall act indeed, and to the life is everlasting happiness. Proverbs twenty-eight eighteen. And to contract all these motives into a short but final sum, the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk Uprightly, Psalm 84, 11. Section 6, Means to Subdue Hypocrisy and Promote Uprightness. It remains now that you should know by what means you may abate and subdue hypocrisy and may get, keep, and increase this grace of uprightness. 
First, you must, by a due and serious consideration of the evils of hypocrisy and advantages of uprightness, fix in your heart, by the help of Christ, a loathing and detestation of the one, and an admiration, love, and longing desire of the other, with a sincere purpose of heart, by the grace of God, to be upright. This must first be wrought, for until a man stand thus affected and resolved against hypocrisy and for uprightness, he will take no pains to be free from the one, nor yet to obtain the other. Secondly, you must be sensible of that hypocrisy which yet is in you, and of the want of uprightness, though not altogether, yet in great part. For no man will be at the pains to remove that disease whereof he thinks he is sufficiently cured, though he judge it to be never so dangerous, nor yet to obtain that good of which he thinks he has enough already, though he esteem it never so excellent. Hitherto, both in the motives and means, I have endeavored to gain the will, to will and resolve to be upright, and to be willing to use all good means to be upright. Now, those means that will affect it follow. This concludes episode 40 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.